John? I'll be ready, John. four of the and why not summer of action specials 2022 the summer special episodes from the movie podcast from the nerds who haunted themselves i'm Stuart moraine in each episode of this 10-part series i'm joined by a guest to talk about an 80s or 90s action movie carefully selected from the long list the guests had to pick from so far we've talked about lethal weapon beverly hills cop and cobra and still to come we'll be discussing in no particular order taffin last action hero out for justice and the nick cage holy trinity of conair face off and the rock for this episode, though, I'm joined by Stacey Taylor as we head back to 1985 to discuss the Arnie action classic, Commando. I hope you enjoyed the film talk, and as always, and if you feel like doing so, you can keep the conversation going in the comments on our socials and on the And Why Not Facebook group, or wherever you see this episode posted. And now, with an advance warning on spoilers and all that introduction stuff out of the way, let's roll the trailer for Commando. hunted him down. You know, Colonel, we went to a lot of trouble to find you. They murdered his friends. And they took the only thing he would kill for. If he wants your kid back, then you gotta cooperate. Right? Wrong. Now, somewhere, somehow, someone's gonna pay. think that he is going to give us any problems? You'll do exactly as he's told. Last and wait, you fellas. You're a funny guy, Sally. That's why I'm going to kill you last. Are you going to tell me what's going on or what? No. Don't disturb my friend. He's dead tired. What are you doing? Helping you get her back. Remember, Sally, when I promised to kill you last? That's what made you think you did. I lied. If it's a mission no man can survive, he's the man for the job. Arnold Schwarzenegger, Commando. Let's party. Hello, Stacey. How are you? I'm not too shabby, thanks. How are you doing? Oh, not too bad, thank you. It's been a bit of a manic day, but, you know, chopping logs, carrying whole trees, mm, going around yeah. for ice cream with my daughter. Yeah, to, going in for a lick of the flavour of her ice cream, even <laughs> though you've both clearly got vanilla. Yeah, 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 that, that one. <laughs> See, I'm glad that's in my notes. <laughs> Mine too. I love that scene in this film. Hey, we're, we're not talking about that yet. We're talking about us, though. And uh, and hey, we're both having a great time putting our head in the sand, avoiding the whole world. Yeah. Just doing our thing, innit? I am currently in the midst of a load of COVID anxiety because I went to my first gig uh, since COVID kicked off uh, last week. And so since then, I've just been like, oh, is this the day that the COVID symptoms kick off? So, <laughs> so I'm just living in a constant sort of like mild 
you, you know when you when you're in a video game and there's uh you, you start to hear that music when you start to get near a villain it's like that yeah. constantly in my head like no 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 see i have that thing in my head you know like when you watch like a csi or a contagion kind of movie and it they show you like the micro zoom in of the disease and then the hand touching it and it's like glowing on the hand that sort of thing yeah. and it shows you how it spreads in my mind i'm like oh what oh uh, no because in my mind i'm just picturing that railing's got like the luminous green on it and then i touch it and then mm-hmm. it's on my hands and i rub my face <laughs> oh no it's a nightmare the, the worst part is is it was a really amazing gig but like i think for like the the whole time we were on the way there I was like oh no this is a mistake this is a mistake what am I doing and then for like the two hours that the band played it was like yes this is phenomenal I love live music I love everyone everything's perfect and then the instant it finished I was like oh no I have to get on a train with a load of people (laughs) and uh you know just panic so yeah I'm all right ish (laughs) it's a a different thing to worry about my thing with gigs always used to be that shit I hope I don't get the drunk pricks who've got corporate gig tickets from their work because mm. they'll rock in an hour and a half into it pissed out of their skulls and ruin it for me like the lot did at the bruce springsteen concert i went to or i'll just be looking around oh, and I'm, like, oh I'm really disappointed in the kind of people who like the music i like <laughs> <laughs> thankfully the gig because we went to see ghost i don't know why i was dancing around saying who we went to see as though i was like embarrassed about it. i'm not embarrassed about it ghosts are amazing <laughs> but we went to see ghost and like pretty much everybody there was like in a ghost t-shirt very excited so we were like oh we're, we're with our people <laughs> it was great it's really great uh but yeah it's it's been a weird weekend of uh you know because <laughs> i've got hay fever as well so like every time i sneeze i'm like is this hay fever or covid <laughs> woo <laughs> That's it, a slight tickling oh, in your throat and it's like don't cough don't cough don't cough don't cough <laughs> what a time to be alive <laughs> I mean, I've always been fairly antisocial, so it was great for me. I didn't even have to make up excuses. Now I've just got to go back to the, no, I just don't want to come. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm washing my hair. I'm very much the person. I love the idea of a Tory party that only lasts for 10 minutes. I've got no interest in the Tory party at all, but I like the sound of a party that lasts 10 minutes. That's a pie. I I like the idea of just passing through a room and getting cake, which seems to be what was apparently happening because i love cake and i hate people yeah. that's, that's always so, been my yeah, thing somebody said you had a fucking cake i always take my birthday off work because i resent the idea that i'm supposed to bring everybody else cakes on my, my birthday see my, my birthday's in august so i've never worked or been to school on my birthday so it's a matter of pride now oh see mine is sort of like mid-september so it's right slapping you know just going back to school time Ugh. not that i've yeah. been to school for a very long time i'm old so <laughs> the, the downside of it being in school uh, school holidays for me though is it's a nightmare trying to get time off sometimes mm. because yeah. every fucker wants the summer holidays off even people without kids See, i hate life. the summer too <laughs> Yeah, I do. I hate the summer as well, so <laughs> I'm like just riddled with hate. It's perfect for me. It's not too hot. It's not too cold. There's a nice breeze. Yeah, there's no hay fever. That's why I like autumn because my hay fever peters off by then as well. But that is also spider season, so it's also a nightmare for this little arachnophobe. Yeah, I'm just a walking disaster, really. <laughs> Worst thing about my job is like and I can't so. cope with anything either. <laughs> Oh no, don't even. Ugh, oh, God, the only no, good thing about cobwebs even. is that there's every a spider that's currently living behind our gas meter and I hate it. 
See, I don't mind them if I can't see them. <laughs> that shudder. It's once they make themselves known, I'm not kidding. No. If you know they're there. Yeah. Yeah, no, I can't. I just can't. I've, I've tried to reason with it. It's don't like, know where Henry got onto the topic of I don't want to deal with. So. <laughs> I mean, living oh, out in the dear. woods in the middle of nowhere, you probably wouldn't have to deal with spiders. Yeah. You can go spotting deer and uh, that sort of thing. I feel like there's definitely spiders in the woods, surely. Maybe not in the, in the mountains. I don't actually know. Do spiders? Can spiders not mountains? <laughs> I don't know. That's not something I looked into. That's not a question I didn't see I any cobwebs in this house. But so. now, I, now I want to know. I'm not gonna. I'm not going to Google it. No, neither did I. I'm not going to Google it, though, because I don't want to see a picture of a spider. No, that's like, yeah, it's just asking for trouble, isn't it? And you get pictures of those Australian ones that just carry bats. All those, like, photoshopped ones where people are like, oh, look at the size of this spider. It's like the size of this house. And even though, you know, it's photoshopped, you still shit yourself a little bit. Yeah, because in the back um, of your mind, you're like, yeah, no. Like, no thanks. My wife was like, I'd quite like to go to Australia. I was like, I would fucking not. It's like everything there wants to kill nope. you. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And I won't go to New Zealand now either because I heard that even though everybody was like, oh, nothing there, nothing there's going to murder you, it's fine. Apparently, some Australian spiders have made their way there. So I'm like, nah, I'm out. Thanks. Yeah. And for I'll what just I've stay here in Birmingham where it's vicious, marginally so. less murdering. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Um, I don't think I'd fancy my chances because I am feeble. <laughs> it's just a sunny Wales. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think and, I'll say. And that's why I lost my job as a tourism agent. I like Birmingham. I don't know why people rag on Birmingham, including myself just now. See, again, I'm quite happy to just stay <laughs> local. Oh, dear. Yeah, just to... Just to a couple of days out mm. in a premiere in. Yeah. See something slightly different. Come on. That's enough. I don't need the hassle of flying for two weeks. That will do. <laughs> yeah. So I've still I've still yet to be on an aeroplane because I'm scared of that as well. If there's one thing you'll learn about me whilst I'm on this show is that I'm scared of pretty much everything. <laughs> well, that's because you never know where you're going to have a big Austrian bloke next to you who will kill you. So. Yeah, exactly. I, or an ET lurking in your hallway. We'll get on to an irrational fear that I got off the back of this film in a minute. <laughs> so the, the, the film Ooh, in question is uh, Commando. So, uh, written by Jeff Loeb, Matthew Wiseman and Stephen E. D'Souza. Uh, directed by Mark L. Lester, not to be confused with the Mark Lester that was on Lover. Uh, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, Ray Dawn Chong, Dan Hedaya. Uh, Vernon Wells, James Olsen, David Patrick Kelly, Alyssa Milano, and Bill Duke. Uh, released in cinemas on the 4th of October 1985 in the US and the 21st of February 1986 over here. Grossed 57,491,000 worldwide on an estimated budget of 10 million, according to IMDb. Um, I couldn't find an actual Roger Ebert review of it, but on Siskel and Ebert, Roger Ebert said this movie doesn't have the sophistication of Terminator. But it's an effective entertainment. And uh, he gave the film thumbs up. Siskel gave the film thumbs down. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much the information on that. Yeah. So where did you first see Commando? Was it like, I don't know how old you are. My generation very much seemed to be prominent on Saturday night on ITV. Yeah, I uh, I was born in 1985, uh, just shortly before this film came out. 
Um, but I was sort of raised in a household with a lot of people in it. And uh, one of those people was my granddad, who is very much a man who just enjoys films where he doesn't have to think about anything really that's going on. So uh, my earliest memory of this film was my granddad pretty much going, can we watch, can we put a film on? But like, don't pick some shit like Labyrinth or whatever the things that you like that are weird and shit. Um, (laughs) And so so my mum was like, I don't know, should we watch like Commando? It's got Arnold Schwarzenegger and you'll probably like it. So we slapped it on and uh, I immediately fell in love with it because it is a phenomenal movie. (laughs) Um, And I will fight people who say that it's not any good. Because it is, it's really good. <laughs> um, I mean, that was going to be one of my questions: like, is this a good bad movie, or is this a bad bad movie, or is this just a good movie? I think it's just a good movie because I, what I really like about it is this film doesn't mess around in any way uh, in terms of like faffy exposition or like unnecessary flabby padding. It's just it gives you co- enough context clues for you to go right. This is his relationship to him and their relationship to them and this is what's happening off we go and uh, and i think that's a perfect recipe for a, like an 80s muscle bound arnie movie because i don't want to have to be sitting through like i don't know a flashback of him in the army or you know unnecessary so i just want to see him murder a bunch of people to get his daughter back <laughs> <laughs> and this film delivers in spades so many murders <laughs> I, I do love the pure muscle porn at the beginning. Oh, do you know what? That's one of the things I, I wrote down in my notes about what I love about this film is that there's so many close-ups of just his, like, sweaty muscles <laughs> or, like, his feet, like, struggling to grip some sand while he's, like, shoving a truck by himself or whatever. Because it's, like, the great thing about Arnold Schwarzenegger is he's not, the, like, the world's best actor, um, but he... I don't think he's afraid to like make a tit of himself or like pull a stupid face or like really give something his like full welly. Um, so I think it's great when like they allow him to have a role where it's not just like, oh, he's picking up a gun and he's just running around shooting people, even though that definitely does happen in the latter half of the movie. Yeah. But there's bits of this film where it's like, here he is just chopping some wood. <laughs> like or yeah he's pushing a truck down a hill or he's like pushing a full-on car over (laughs) i love how they go from they go from that you know the the muscle montage to the family montage of like him and jenny feeding a deer and (laughs) the ice cream and him chasing jenny around Oh, it's so wonderful. Do you know what I love about that is that those two couldn't look less related if they tried. I know. But like, but something about those scenes actually does feel like genuinely sweet and warm. And uh, and that really warms you to the whole like relationship the whole way through the film, because like you immediately believe that he would do so many murders for this kid. <laughs> <laughs> like he's he's, you know, yeah, he's a man who loves his kid. The one the one like the only niggle I have about the film and it's right at the start is there's like a sequence where they're sitting down for like I don't know if it's breakfast or lunch or whatever and there are two jokes one after another that make no sense and it really makes you think like what is the tone of this movie um and those jokes are he's reading a paper and he says something along the lines of like boy George 
Yeah, and he's like, boy George, they should just call him girl George just to, like, you know, get it out of the way. <laughs> to avoid and I'm like, the confusion or something like that, isn't it? Yeah. That wouldn't fly now. Well, it doesn't even really make any sense no. in the context of anything. <laughs> and then she sits down with some sandwiches for them, and he takes a bite of one and gets a look on his face that is like, what is in my mouth? And he says, what's in this? And she says, you don't want to know. And I'm like, hold on. And they just laugh it off and keep eating these sandwiches. I'm like, hold on. Has she, like, put a shit on a sandwich or something and given it to you and you're just going to eat it? Like, no, question this. I do want to know. I'm putting this in my mouth. (laughs) And those two, like, jokes really threw me the first time I saw the film because I was like, am I supposed to be laughing at this? Because I'm I'm categorically not. I don't get this as a joke. I don't understand what we're trying to say about these characters or anything, especially after that, like, adorable, like, family montage of them, because you're setting up this idea that, like, even though he's, like, you know, this big muscle-bound, you know, sort of almost nightmare-looking guy, that he's actually, like, this sweet, adorable dad who just wants to, like, protect his daughter and, like, run around playing with her in the woods and shit. And then, yeah, and then they sit down and he makes a off-colour joke about Boy George and then she makes a mysterious sandwich that nobody wants to question further. I, was like, I, I, don't I do get, wonder I don't... whether Arnie just thought Boy George was actually a girl. <laughs> it's oh, like that it and Dave Medna. And he's... <laughs> oh, God. Like his mind's going to be blown it just feels like one of those jokes where they were like, oh, we want to set this up as him like being a bit funny because later he's going to drop a load of puns about all the people he kills. <laughs> but it's not a, it's not really a joke and it's not, it's also not funny. I said, I so it's just like 1985 people were like, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it just it just doesn't sit right. And it's a really weird sort of almost screeching turn of the film as well, because like the film literally kicks off with like two garbage men shooting a guy so the film doesn't fuck around <laughs> like it okay, comes in hot that brings me on nicely to my first irrational fear because i think i was possibly slightly too young when i saw this so i was convinced that if you <laughs> ever on. went out late with your rubbish the bin men would gun you down <laughs> so i think i must have been oh, no. about 10 or 11 so my brain wasn't connecting what was going on on that first viewing <laughs> and for ages i had this irrational fear about not putting the bins out in time Oh no! See, Which I because they were like, "Get the bins out, or you're gonna get murdered." Get <laughs> <laughs> wow! What what wonderful parenting! Uh, see, I I kind of always forgot that that sort of cold open bit even happens. Like when we started watching this the other day, me and the hubby, we sat down to watch it, and in my head, my recollection was that the opening of the film was that like cute family montage yeah, of Arnie and Alyssa Milano running around the woods. So when it first started and it was like, oh, this guy waking up and being like, oh shit, they put the garbage out. I said to Richard, have we put the right film on? And he was like, well, you did it. Like <laughs> if, if you've put the wrong film on, you're an idiot. Uh, so I actually like, you know, click the little info button because it's on Disney Plus. She said, click the little yeah. info button. And it was like, yeah, commando. I was like, well, I don't remember this. <laughs> and there's two guys just like gunned down this dude who's got a bin. I was like, I do not remember this happening at I all. I love how schlubby those two guys look as well. It's like Arnie and. Oh, they're wonderful. I... You kind of like, you could see them in an army, but these other two guys look like they're the office guys. That were like, you know, this is where you go. <laughs> They don't look like crack commandos. Well, I mean, this is... No, this is one of my favourite things about this film, is that I think a lot of the henchmen look so totally the opposite henchmen. And I think Bennett looks like a disaster as a bad guy. 
I think he described himself as a butch Freddie Mercury was what he was going for. I think you can drop the word butch there. I I really (laughs) do. (laughs) Like I am, I am convinced that in this movie that Bennett is in love with Matrix, and I won't have anybody tell me any different. No, I I think that is very much whether they were actually going for that or not. It's very much how it plays now. Mm. (laughs) My favourite is when he um, when he comes to tell Matrix that his squad's been murdered. It's like I'm going to leave these two guys with you. Corporal oh, Cannon no. and Corporate Fodder. It's like, why even bother giving these guys names? We know they're going to die instantly. <laughs> the brilliant thing about those two dudes is that like, they really big up John Matrix as being like the best of the best of the best. And I'm like, well, you've just, first of all, you've just taken a helicopter to his house. So if the, if the dudes didn't know that's where he was, they do now. <laughs> uh, like what a dickhead um but then you've left here yeah, you've left these two guys and you're like right I'll put one round the front one round the back or whatever but they're like yeah they're like the two like just least <laughs> least uh, like army looking dudes in the world they're just there like yeah all right i'll, I'll take care of your house and that I'm like i wouldn't trust them with making me a sandwich that's it the one guy goes down straight away the other one at least makes it in the house but then he's like can you hold it here it's like he's got no weapons and he's bleeding out <laughs> yeah so yeah, do don't worry, I'll hold them off with, I don't know, my intestines or something. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I do love that Arnie installed a safe room for his guns, but not one for his daughter in the eventuality that people may actually find him. <laughs> it's like, yeah. you hide well, under your bed, my guns are safe. <laughs> that, that, always, that, that has always tickled me, is the idea that, like, go to your room, that, that's the safe place. Like, put a trapdoor in there or something. Like, she just gets under the bed, and I'm like, oh, that's that's hiding 101. Like, you've made a mistake here. So nobody's you don't ever go looked under the bed. bed. Yeah, you don't go under the bed. Like, that's no. Uh, but to be fair, like, she does a lot better than I would do if anybody had shot at my house, because I'd be a snivelling wreck. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be like, go to your room. I'd be like, just rocking in a corner, crying and <laughs> snotting everywhere. Oh, Dad. <laughs> The kid would probably do better than I would, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. When she, a little bit like way later in the film, when she tries to make an escape attempt, and I'm like, you are ballsy, kid. Because I, <laughs> I would, honestly, I'd have probably had a heart attack by that point and just die. <laughs> <laughs> they always escape when the dad's just about to rescue them. <laughs> oh, no. Absolutely daft. <laughs> what I am, um, what I love about the, like, the sequence where, uh, you know, they come to tell him that, oh, you, you know, your old army mates are after you. Uh, and then they they leave and the, the old army mates turn up and start shooting everywhere. Like this film to me absol- is the absolute epitome of how are we missing you with these bullets? <laughs> <laughs> because this film has so many sequences where Arnie is just running around in the open and 17 people are shooting at him, but nobody's hitting. And then he gets out like one tiny pea shoot and he's like, pew, pew, and he kills everyone. <laughs> It's I've a got lot. it I mean, from that when he takes cover behind flowers. Oh, <laughs> mate. Do you know what? I, I don't know if you'll mind me saying this, but I had a friend once who worked in a Greg's, right? And uh, somebody came in who she didn't like very much, and she tried to hide behind the see-through display <laughs> cabinets. And it just reminds me of that. It's just like, like those flowers are not going to do anything, except apparently they also are <laughs> very impenetrable. <laughs> he does it multiple times as well, though. Oh yeah, like gets behind. There's a man who knows how to do shrubbery. Yeah, I love the fact that um that they make a comment at one point as well about how he could smell the guys coming because they were downwind or something. Yeah, 
So I'm like, you don't even know what you were smelling for? And surely your whole house smells like pine. <laughs> like everything <laughs> up there just smells of pine. I'm convinced there's no way you smell anything coming. Unless the guy, like one of the guys who was sneaking up on your house, like, I don't know, shat himself. <laughs> but <laughs> then, then maybe you catch a whiff. But um, I feel like before I get any further into the movie, I really have to talk about the score. Yeah. I love this score. <laughs> I know I know it's a point of contention for a lot of people. It's uh it's composed by James Horner and it was when he was going through his um steel bands, yeah, phase. <laughs> Apparently there were like five or six movies where he was just like, Yeah, steel band, what of it? Um, even though like the films were not set in the Caribbean and didn't have like any themes to do with that or anything. Um and this soundtrack to me, like it's the best example of a soundtrack that absolutely shouldn't work and yet somehow completely does because it sounds like somebody's like, I don't know, trying to score like a sexy saxophone porno in the Caribbean, but they've got mega anxiety because it's all these like (laughs) mad high paced, like percussion, uh, like synthetic drums and then like steel bands coming, but then there's like saxophones going like, what is going on and yet somehow it perfectly fits with the film and it makes entire sense to everything that's going on how did he do this it's magical so yeah this is going to be just before he did aliens for james cameron as well isn't it <laughs> Which imagine I, I can aliens imagine had a score like this because <laughs> by all accounts the doing the aliens job was kind of like we need it in two weeks like, okay <laughs> didn't have time to get his steel band together no <laughs> But my drums are in storage. It's like, you can't use them. (laughs) (laughs) There's like bits as well where there's like bamboo pan flutes and stuff. And you're just like, I don't know what. It's like he just heard world music for the first time and then said to like an orchestra, just go nuts with it, lads. (laughs) It's so baffling. It makes absolutely no sense. Uh, But it's perfect. (laughs) I watched one of those James Horner um, concerts that they put on Sky Art sometimes. Yeah. Like where the Prague Orchestra, I was disappointed there was no commando in it. Oh, no. See, I was watching, I want to say, 48 hours not long ago with my hubby. And the instant I heard a steel band, I was like, James Horner did this, I bet. (laughs) (laughs) And lo and behold, at the end, there he goes, there's his name, James Horner. I was like, I love love his ongoing commitment to the steel band bit. It's just chef's kiss, beautiful. It's James Horner and Michael Kamen. They're the two 80s ones that you're like, this is... This is definitely a Michael Kamen score. So, yeah, there mm. it is. I love Michael Kamen as well. <laughs> yeah, I just, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a bit of a score nerd myself. Oh, same. Anyway, so I love a bit of that. Because I'm, I'm the kind of person who I get distracted by lyrics. So if I'm actually trying to do something, I need to listen to stuff that's instrumental. Um, So I listen to quite a lot of, like, movie scores. But it, it does always tickle me how, like, you know, certain composers have, like, certain signatures and things like how Hans Zimmer's become known for <laughs> even though he's got so much more going on than that um but like yeah this this sort of like I can't, I can't remember if it was five or six films but there's just like this little tiny blip in James Horner's sort of career where he just is like I don't know jazz fusion steel band synth drum nightmare yeah <laughs> but it but it somehow really works I just I don't know how he did it, but I think it's phenomenal. <laughs> no, it is a great score. It's actually one I've not got in isolation. I tend to buy a lot of scores on CD. I've never actually, I don't even know if you can buy the Commander one. I imagine you can. I think 
it's actually really hard to get hold of but um eventually enough people uh like once the age of the internet occurred enough people shouted about it on social media that they released like a i don't know 25 year anniversary you know yeah i was gonna say uh la la land or instra probably released one like you know the full cut score but i mean it's it's kind of a fitting score for a film that is so insane anyway well this is the thing i mean what i found really interesting about the score is that like there are elements of it, particularly the more synthy tracks that don't have so much of the steel band or the pan flute or the sax. Um, that's almost a bit sort of running man-esque. Yeah. Um, which sort of really works with the whole th- ongoing theme of like he's only got 10 hours to get to his daughter or they're going to kill her kind of thing. Um, but like what I find interesting is the Caribbean bits and the mad jazz bits do really work. And there's a particular bit where um, very late on in the film, he sort of, uh, rose his way onto an island and I've got to say watching Arnold Schwarzenegger's back as he rows a boat is one of the most mesmerizing things I've ever seen in my life it's like the lava lamp of movement um but like see watching he, that I was like I remember when pants were that small <laughs> <laughs> I did think where, like my god he's squeezed into those teeny weeny <laughs> teeny weeny pantalones um but he pulls himself up onto the onto the shore and he like drags his boat into like a little bit of a cave so that people can't see him. And the music sort of crescendos into just it literally sounds like James Horner said to the whole orchestra, just like bang and blow and see what happens. And um, and it's properly bonkers. But I think because it's like an island setting, it, it kind of really works, because even though it's not like the Caribbean and there's not like that sort of feel, it's so like. Tropical panic is probably yeah. the best way I could describe it, which is exactly <laughs> what you should be feeling at that moment because he's on a, a big sexy island, but also he's got like an hour left before his daughter's gonna die. Um, and there's like a hundred odd henchmen to be plowed down before we can well, get I there. think he's pretty much out of time by that point because I look at it, it's like it'd take me a week to get from that bit of the island that he lands on to the actual house. It looks like miles in some shots. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Oh, some shots God. it looks like he's arrived on the beach just at the fucking foot of the mountain where the thing is, and the other shots it's like you've got to, it looks like you've got to trek through three towns to get there. <laughs> Oh yeah, the the idea that any of uh any of this took place in like eleven hours is quite funny. But um, skipped ahead far too far. Then missed out one of the best bits of the film, which to me is I really love uh Sully, the henchman who's like the one who wears a blazer and he thinks yeah. he's a bit of a ladies' man. Um, partly because he gets the uh the brilliant sort of Arnie bookmark of uh oh I'll kill you last. And then a bit later, when I said I kill you last, I lied, which is like, oh, perfect, perfect dialogue. Thank you. And delivered very well by Arnold. Thank you, everybody, for making that perfect scene in a film. Kiss my ass. I can't hear you. I'll say a little louder than get fucked. Listen, loyalty is very touching. But it is not the most important thing in your life right now. But what is important is gravity. I have to remind you, Sally. This is my week off. Uh, you can't kill me, Matrix. You need me to find your daughter. Where is she? I don't know. But cook those. I'll take you where I'm supposed to meet her. But you won't. Uh, why not? Because I already know. You remember, Sally, when I promised to kill you last? That's right, Matrix. You did. I lied. So now you don't have a car. 
Now I do. What'd you do with Sally? I let him go. But I just love the whole like getting onto a plane <laughs> sequence because it's so insane. <laughs> I love what the bit where he's going at the step and you can see him checking out under the plane. Yeah. <laughs> I love Arnie's little Arnie has little subtle moments that you don't necessarily pick up on. When you watch it now and you're aware of it, you're like, it's really kind of fucking obvious that he's checking out the undercarriage of that plane. Oh, he's not subtle in the slightest. Like when he <laughs> when he asks for a blanket and a pillow and the other guy <laughs> doesn't say a thing about it, even though Arnold looks awake as fuck. It's like he's got a plan for that blanket and pillow and it's probably going to be murder. But the guy doesn't bat an eyelid at it. He's like, yeah, that's fine. You have a little nap. You have a little kip on the plane while we go and murder a president. I forget what the actual yeah, thing is they ask him to so do. Yeah, can be reinstated. <laughs> I, will, I will admit, I do keep, even though I absolutely adore this movie, I do keep frequently forgetting what it is that Dan Hedaya wants him to actually do. <laughs> Because I'm too focused on all the awesome bits of like fighting and dialogue and puns. Because it's, it's one of those plans that you've got to be, it's got to be easier to just assassinate the guy yourself. You don't need oh. somebody who can get close to him to do it. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, like, just get a sniper gun. <laughs> That's got to be cheaper than all this, like, let's fly a girl out to an island and, you know, like, oh my God, pay all these henchmen and so whatnot. You're just setting yourself up for a. Uh being taken out in the end of the movie yeah i've always yeah. wondered in movies like that where it's like you know you've taken my daughter that's fine but you know if you kill her have you seen the, what happens in these kind of movies so like, it will ruin your life if yeah. not kill you yeah like, so should we just I, call it quits now <laughs> i just yeah i think there's like there's got to be a million and one different ways that you can kill a person that you want killed without stealing Arnold Schwarzenegger's daughter. Like, without stealing, apparently, the world's greatest army man. <laughs> stealing Plus, they've got daughter. to know that he knows that they're just going to kill his daughter anyway. Well, absolutely. This is what I mean. But mate, they keep like, alive. Because, <laughs> like, first of all, you've picked a man who is physically 17 times the size of everyone you've got on your team. So you're already on to a loser, I think. <laughs> Because if anybody's going to follow your plot, it's probably this guy, yeah. right? And then he is also apparently the fastest, smartest, quickest, stealthiest. <laughs> like, he's just like literally the best man that's ever existed in the world. And you've gone, yeah, let's take his daughter. That makes perfect sense. Like, I just, I cannot, but I don't care because I love the setup of this film. Yeah. Um, and like, yeah, it's, it's wonderfully stupid. Yeah. Well, I think I don't. That is to its credit. I think it's just like simple. I think it's just to the point. It's like, look, this guy wants a thing done, so he nicks his daughter. Chaos ensues, and it's like, yes, that is brilliant. Because, like, I will freely admit, this is probably my second favorite Arnold movie behind The Running Man, which I think is as close to a perfect movie as anybody's ever (laughs) get. I do. I'll freely admit, I don't hate Batman and Robin as much as most people do, but I think it is only because of Arnold. I think if you yeah. took him all the puns out of that film, it would not be any good at all. <laughs> um, but I love a good pun, you see. So, like, The Running Man is just absolutely chocker with brilliant, stupid puns, and so is Commando. So, like, he gets on this plane, he <laughs> punches this guy out and then just snaps his neck. <laughs> as you do. Nobody hears it. And then makes it... 
nobody hears any of that even though it's very loud it's very loud <laughs> the guy's whole arms just whoosh up into the air like it's it's a very conspicuous scene um but he just covers him up with his little blanket he puts his hat like over his face and oh, i think it's like the stewardess is like he says to her like you know don't disturb my friend he's dead tired <laughs> He's, he's just dead, isn't it, or something like that? <laughs> it's um when that used to show on ITV, he never had stuff like that. Scene. You just had him hit him. No, that was so it just looks like you just knocked him out and yeah, hoped it for looks the best. like you just you killed him with just an elbow. Like, fuck me, that's wow. terrifying. But it's when he goes to the toilet or <laughs> pretends he's going to the toilet. <laughs> the stewardess is just like yeah, right, just roams around the place. It's just like you can't be up. It was like, you know. I love the fact that he says he's he says he's air sick, doesn't yeah. he? And they're not in the air yet. <laughs> it's like air sick, and she's like, yeah, all right, fine, whatever. Yeah, just you carry on the toilet, mate. When, against every protocol, on, but whatever. We're still on the runway, and we're definitely not in the air. But you carry on being air sick, bud. It's fine. Apparently I mean, would you argue that they fair. had elevators on on certain planes? That's where he got the whole idea for that scene from. I'm not sure if that was <laughs> Jeff Loeb or one of the other writers, but. I love that scene though because I just think like I mean I've never been on any sort of plane because I am terrified but like I love the idea of somebody being on a moving plane and being like no I can still get off this I reckon (laughs) somewhere and then just finding a way and just doing it very lucky that he was right by a big old swamp but (laughs) but like that bit (laughs) there's those shots where he's like holding on to like the uh what do you even call it? Like the, the bit that holds up the wheels of the plane. And he's just holding onto it. And like the wind is like ripping apart his hair and face. <laughs> and he's just like an actual like disaster. But I'm like, this is so cool. <laughs> like, it's so cool. I don't know how anybody can watch this movie and be bored. Because no, like there's so, so many quick as well. It's like the swiftest hour and a half I've ever sat oh, through. It's brilliant because it just like I said, you know, it doesn't fuck around. It starts with, you know, garbage murders and then an exploding boat, and then there's like, you know, sexy muscles doing a wood chop, and then there's a helicopter, and then there's shooting, and then it just doesn't stop from there. It's just well, like, now it'd be forty minutes of him at home with the soldiers <laughs> before his house was even attacked. Yeah, like I've said to my hubby before, like I'm the kind of person who I don't mind a long movie if it warrants being long. But if I watch a film that is longer than 90 minutes and doesn't need to be, I'm going to be pissed off. It's going to be losing at least half a star in my ratings because I've got the attention span of like a fucking goldfish. I am like like I'm terrible. I'm better when I'm at the cinema and I don't have things around me that can distract me. Yeah. But like even then I can feel myself at times get like if a film's starting to feel like a bit of a slog, I can feel myself like getting itchy in my chair, like I just don't want to be here anymore and I wanna go outside or check my phone or go for a wee or something. Like, I don't recommend watching the bubble then. I don't think I will, thanks. I've heard <laughs> nothing good about that. I don't I even was... know what it's about, but I've heard nothing good about it. I was watching it because I had some time off and I was like, I'll just watch this film, see if it's as bad as people. Because, you know, you think it's a Judd Apatow comedy, I'll at least get a couple of laughs out of it. And I was like, yeah. this is really dragging on, but at least it's got to nearly be over. And I was only 45 minutes into it. I still had an hour and a half to go. I was like, fuck's sake. Oh, no. What were we but, watching the other day? Oh, we watched Moonfall because people had told us, oh, no, it's shit, but it's like fun but shit. 
Yeah, it's, I've, I've it's heard it's shit. It's not fun at all. It's not fun at all. It's dreadful. And at one point, and it's only it's only an hour and a half as well, I think, or just pushing two hours. Like it's not a stupidly long movie. But like there was one point where my husband paused it because he was like, I'm gonna go make a cup of tea or something, because I just can't with this. <laughs> and when he paused it, we thought it had been on for like I don't know, a good 70 minutes. There was still like 40 minutes to go. We were like, oh, the fuck is this? I hate it and I hate myself. But of course, once you're at that point with the film, you've got to see it through, haven't you? Yeah, um, yeah, that's it. I'm very much if I've started a film, unless it really offends me. I've only ever walked out of one movie at the cinema, and that was Dinner for Schmucks, because um, I was upset that Paul Rudd would be in something so terrible. <laughs> I've still never seen it. So. I would not recommend it. just seems nasty to me. Yeah. It just seems like a film where they just mock people for being a bit different, which is just like, I'm not I'm not into that, actually. Thanks. No, um, I probably fall into the bit different category. <laughs> same. <laughs> Definitely I, I felt a little bit attacked. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, oh, there was uh, just, you know, careening back onto topic. Um one of the one of the notes that I sort of <laughs> wrote down was uh, that Alyssa Milano has been way cooler about this than I would be at yeah. all because there are so <laughs> many bits where they're just like dragging her around by the arm and she's just like oh, <laughs> as though it's just like a mild inconvenience whereas like I say I would be like a blithering idiot <laughs> I, w- I would have been shot straight away it's just like just fucking kill the kid we'll deal with it afterwards <laughs> Yeah, he's an absolute disaster. Just put him out of his misery. (laughs) But again, no disrespect to my dad. If I was counting on him to save my life, he probably would have been like a tarmac pancake trying to get off the plane. It would have been the shortest film ever. They'd just got a phone call be like, yeah, he didn't make it to Panama. He killed the guy, but then he sort of committed (laughs) suicide and just hit hit the runway of Birmingham Airport. (laughs) Yeah, I think... um... I think there's a strong chance that my dad wouldn't even get as far as the plane because he'd no. just be like, oh, just have her. I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't give a fuck. Yeah, not I can have more kids. It's not a problem. We had not a good bothers. run. <laughs> I love the fact that in this film, Arnold Schwarzenegger runs around in a swamp and then just goes back into the airport slash mall that I assume is next door. Yeah, uh, that like, I couldn't just... work out the geography of that for a long <laughs> No, and it, what's funny about it is that he must be absolutely stinky, conspicuous. Yeah. He's just been tromping around in a swamp, but no one cares. No, no, nobody cares. That's um, why he's in an open-top car. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, okay, so this is the bit where we get introduced to, um, I don't even know what her name is in this film, a character name. Oh, no, uh, that's bad. Is it Cindy? Cindy, yeah, Cindy. yes, you're right. Um, Ray Dawn Chong, who a lot of people say ruins this movie. No, and I, I th- think she's the MVP of the film. I love her, she- but she's the thing that makes it for me. Yeah, I think she's fantastic. I think the conceit of how they keep her in the movie is a bit stupid because there is <laughs> there is a point at which uh, she sort of gets, Arnie commandeers her vehicle with her inside it to follow around Sully, who's going to like do some sort of a nefarious deal in a restaurant in a mall. Um, and she grasses him up to the security and there's a fantastic sequence in a in a mall where people are like running around and Arnold's 
lifting up and phone boxes. And many cops are in that mall them. as well. It's like every cop in that fucking city appears to be in that mall at that point. <laughs> my hubby said, I've never seen so many security guards at a mall in my entire life. It was like, also, if I was just a security guard, I'd take one look at Arnie and be like, nah, it's not yeah. worth it. I don't get paid for this shit. <laughs> she's clearly got away. She's fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's a great bit where, like, sort of he then steals her car to chase Sully, but she then chases him down and gets in it. Yeah. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, I know that's your car, but just let it go. Just let it go. Uh, like, I know that by that point she'd figured out that, oh, actually, Sully was a bad guy and maybe she'd done the wrong thing by telling the cops on him. But why that means she needs to follow him on his adventures is just utterly baffling to me. But again, I am a huge, huge wimp like the world's biggest wuss so like if i i would have gone into that restaurant and just gone into a toilet and locked myself in there and just hoped arnie went away because <laughs> i just would be like i don't want any of this i don't want this to be my life you can have my car i don't even care just i don't i just don't want to be involved anymore i'm gonna stay here i'm probably gonna have the shits because of the anxiety <laughs> and i'll just sit in here for a good couple of hours maybe until they close <laughs> She probably had the thing in the back of her mind. She's like, I might get to see him row a boat in a really small pair of black underpants. Maybe. For no He's... particular reason. <laughs> to be fair, I think if you came across somebody in your everyday life who looks like Arnie, you would want to follow him around a bit because you'd just be like, how is this a real person <laughs> that, I've, that I've happened across in my life? Like, it's just phenomenal. I'd follow him around because I'd be like, I'm pretty sure this guy's going to dangle a guy off a cliff at some point. <laughs> Apparently, uh... they asked Arnie to do that. Yeah. without any form of harness and no. he was like that is like physically impossible but it looks <laughs> cool but it's not actually possible for somebody to hold a guy by the leg yeah. like that do you want me to murder this man fully dislocate his leg and then murder this man <laughs> get oh. a harness it's like yeah all right we'll get a harness plus you know if you're that actor you've got to be like oh get a fucking harness I was going to say, like, even if you're a stunt guy who, like, you know, you know you're taking your life a bit in your hands when you're doing, you know, action movies. Like, even then, I'd be like, no, nobody's dangling me over an edge without a harness. <laughs> what are you thinking? That is insane. I love that whole sequence, though, of, like, him, like, from the mall. The bit where he picks up the phone box is just, like, one of those punch-the-air-yes moments. Cause yeah. it's like, he's just picked up an entire phone box with a man in it. <laughs> What is this film? I never got with that though. Sully's got him at point blank range and he doesn't point the gun at him and shoot him. Oh no, there's so many times where Sully turns around and just sort of shoots randomly into the air and hits a security guard instead. You've which got is the exactly kill shot the point. right here. Yeah, I don't get it... why the guy he meets in the restaurant as well opens fire. No, he could have just slunk away as though like nobody knows I'm involved. Yeah, nobody knows. I don't involved. get that whole deal because Sully seems to leave the envelope of money on the table. Oh, yeah, and the guy just... clearly gives him the envelope. And he's like, what the fuck was this deal? I think this was clearly just a scene where they were like, we need to separate her from him long enough to do a security guard thing, because then we can have Arnold like running around a mall, swinging about on, you know, decorations and shit, which is just wonderful. Um, and then there's the brilliant car chase. I love the part, because I think the line delivery of this is perfect, where um, they sort of... Um, Arnie's trying to run the other guy off the road so they keep like sort of swerving into each other <laughs> and they both sort of sort of crash and he says he says to Cindy are you okay and she just goes I think I'm dead <laughs> given that she was sat in the passenger seat that is no longer there <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she's got like no seatbelt on 
<laughs> she's just been thrown around inside this like verbal she's just like i think i'm dead <laughs> i love her little Perfect. commentary when they're um he's fighting bill duke in the, the motel room yeah the matchism in this room <laughs> oh god it really is you're scared motherfucker well you should be because it's a green beret's going to kick your big ass I eat green berets for breakfast. And right now, I'm very hungry. I can't believe this macho bullshit. <laughs> Fuck you, asshole. Fuck you, asshole. These guys eat too much red meat. Yeah, I love her. I I don't know why people think she's crap because I th- I just think she's she's she does not a little only bit like... of that squealing in the corner yeah. thing, but she also provides that little bit of commentary that I love. Yeah. I love the whole thing with the plane as well. I also think as well, it's no offence to Arnie, I don't think this film would have been the same if it was just him yeah. not really interacting with anybody until he does them a murder. Um, even though those murders are great and he does, uh, he just, he brings it again with the puns with Sully because after he dangles him over the edge and says, oh, you know, when I said I'll kill you last, I lied, drops him. And I was a bit sad actually because in my head I remember that drop being quite a, scary kill but when I rewatched it again the other day it cuts away so fast because they clearly did not have any budget for <laughs> dropping a man from a height yeah. uh CGI or whatever <laughs> it was like tantamount to like have you ever watched the ninja sex party music videos where like the mannequin falls down a mountain no <laughs> oh I love ninja sex party it's not as weird as it sounds um <laughs> <laughs> but there's a really great there's a really great song called if we were gay that ends with one of them the ninja pushing the other one off a mountain and they literally just like roll they call it the danakin because the guy's name is dan they just roll the danakin down a mountain and it just looks so much like a doll just flapping down a mountain um and it's terrible and i really wish they'd done something like that here because they cut away so fast you don't even see or hear the actual like splat or splish or anything which is a bit sort of like oh poor sully He's just disposed of so quickly. Yeah. But then he goes back to the car and she's like, oh, what happened to Sully? And he says, I'll let him go. <laughs> I was like, yes. Oh, I love it so much. The dialogue. Oh, perfect. Just perfect. It's the little things as well. I like when he's fighting Bill Duke and Bill Duke's like, fuck you. He's like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> what a brilliant comeback. What an absolutely I love in that brilliant... fight as well when they smashed him into the room next door. That couple are clearly making a sex tape. <laughs> yeah. I, th- that... I don't remember again I don't remember that from when I was younger but I (laughs) so I am a sex averse asexual woman which means that I tend to like block out any sexy scenes in movies unless they're very funny to me or like very pertinent to the movie so I think in my head they'd just like rolled into a room where like a couple were there (laughs) but this time I was like there's definitely a camera (laughs) <laughs> there's definitely a camera in there they're making a porno and then there's a great bit where they fall through one of those very 80s like um glass block tile walls which like everywhere in movies in the 80s seem to have but i don't think i've ever seen a wall like that in real life ever no 
but I love them. It just falls apart in the most like unsatisfying like block by block rather than smashing like you want it to, um, which really tickles me. I really like Cook um, when they're fighting in that in that bit in the room because I think he's actually like one of the cooler. You know, he comes in and he's just like, look, I'm not going to fuck about. You're going to die. <laughs> and then gets into a fight, unfortunately, with Arno. <laughs> oh, bit of a shame. It's, it's that confidence of him being a Green Beret. It's like, I eat Green Berets for breakfast. Really? Oh, what a, what a terrible line. What a terrible line. What does that even mean? That's it. I'd be like, what? What? <laughs> he just do a gamble into a kick, though, which is great. <laughs> But and then he, he worked again with Bill Duke on a Predator, so it all worked out nicely. Not so much for Bill Duke because he died in that one as well. But. I was gonna say he doesn't fare very well in any movie, really, does he? <laughs> no, and he has one of the scene the scene in Predator that really gets under my skin is when he's just pressing the razor blade into his face. Ah. I have a real thing with razor blades. That's why oh. I tend to grow a beard every most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm, no thanks. Yeah, but. But yeah, and then is it from there we go to them stealing the guns that he then gets arrested? <laughs> As not I, the film at all. No, I like this. I like this bit. I will defend this scene. I, I, I enjoy it. <laughs> simply because it leads to Cindy trying to use a rocket launcher yeah. on a police van. <laughs> like, and I know that by the end of this movie, that that general, whatever his name is, is going to clear them of all, you know, their naughty wrongdoings and whatever. But it just tickles me that, like, at this point, John Matrix, we haven't mentioned the fact that his surname is Matrix, which is wonderful, um, doesn't suit him at all. <laughs> doesn't look or sound like a John Matrix, does he? But anyway. Um, but, like, he just, like, brazenly just, like, drives, like, a truck into the front of that shop and he's just like, right, we'll have everything. And I'm like... <laughs> I know you don't care about getting caught, but this is how you get caught. <laughs> like, it's you've got to think these things through. Like, you can't just bust through a window and tea leaf a load of knives and guns. <laughs> and just, and what, are there shops in America that just have rocket launchers? Like, am I being really naive? Is that what America's like? <laughs> it probably is, to be fair. I don't know. I've seen enough of those videos of, you know, you know people buying guns and going to gun ranges that they used to show on Channel 4 to shock you. It wouldn't surprise me at all. It when you look at the, how, the kind of rifles they've got to defend their homes. Really? Do you, need, do you need an automatic that also fires grenades? No, no you don't. <laughs> I, uh, but I do love the I do fact like that, that she fires had... it backwards, though. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. I love the fact that she fires it backwards because... Although she just says she reads the instructions, which makes it yeah. seem like she's a bit stupid. Because <laughs> you would think that would be part of the instructions, telling you which end was, you know, the front. Um, but I do love that because it's like you get a lot of films where people are just like unnecessarily good at stuff, like all the time. Um, and I know this is technically one of those movies, but they do set John up as being like, like I say, the best of the best. So you expect him to just be able to like operate everything every gun and knife and whatever and tie every knot and what have you um (laughs) ring every neck uh but like the fact that yeah the fact that she's just like right i've got to rescue him so now i love the fact that her idea for rescuing a man from the back of a truck is a rocket launcher (laughs) yeah because i assume she wasn't aiming for the undercarriage to blow out blow up underneath it and flip the (laughs) 
No, like, but like, well, she, she she could have killed him. She genuinely could have killed him, but <laughs> it all works out in the end. It's fine. It's Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's fine. He survived. Don't worry to be about fair, it. Those cops were kind of sleazy, so. Wouldn't yeah, but I assume they survived. Then. I'm going to assume they survived as well because there's no way the people in the front got it worse than the guy in the back. Surely. <laughs> She says optimistically. Um, but what a ballsy I've move. I've always films about little characters like that. It's like that, the security guard at Die Hard who gets shot when they come in. Oh, <laughs> like, what's, what's the backstory of that guy? It's like, yeah, I've got to work Christmas Eve, but at least we can finally buy Timmy that thing he wanted. It'll cover that. <laughs> it's like, maybe I'll get some of the snacks after the party finishes. <laughs> oh, I, no. I just want to give all those characters tragic like, you know, stories that make their deaths even more tragic. <laughs> Because they're such throwaway characters. Again, it's like Cannon and Fodder at the beginning. Yeah. Maybe, though, their families get lucrative payouts. That probably won't happen. <laughs> and I can't even blame America for that because it wouldn't happen over here either. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. I don't like to think too much of it. Like, no, it's, it's best not to, but it's just sometimes in the back of my mind, I'm like... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it's the security guards in the mall that I feel the worst for. Because, like, you know, when you're on the police force, you think that maybe you could die in the line of combat. Whereas, you know, when you're a mall security guard, you think the worst thing that might happen is, I don't know, you might fall down an escalator chasing a man who stole a pair of shoes or something like. You don't anticipate you're going to get shot in the head by a madman (laughs) shooting at, like, a giant. Don't get involved in those things. Again, if I saw Ronnie, I'd be kind of like, I'm going to leave this guy to it. Yeah, I'd be like, I'm not, I'm not, there's not a a snowball's chance in hell that I'm ever going to get even close to taking this guy down. So I'm just going to go back to the restaurant where I was standing outside of earlier and just, you know, keep doing my job from over here. (laughs) I'm going to pretend I'm doing something about it just in case head office call me in. Oh dear. The, um, the bit after that where they steal the sort of, uh, What's that called? Like amphibian plane or <laughs> the the water plane? Um, what should you call it? Is it a canoe with wheels or something? <laughs> a canoe so, with yeah, wings or something like wings, that? Yeah, which, uh, and then he's like, oh, good peddling. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> um, I, I do love that sequence just simply because there's like she's panicking because she's like none of these buttons or any of the buttons that I'm used to. I don't know how to do anything. And he's just like, look, just punch it till it works. <laughs> It's his answer to everything. And to be fair, it does not let him down during this movie. No. Like, he punches the plane. It starts going. <laughs> like, what more can you ask for, really? I like when the plane that he was on originally finally lands, how jolly everybody looks coming off that. Because even if they don't know there's a dead guy on there. <laughs> this is the thing. Cause... People can't drop a bag of crisps without everybody on the plane knowing about it. So. <laughs> well, this is the thing. It's like... People are getting off the plane and immediately behind them are two guys with like a gurney, like wheeling off a a, a man with a shit. So it's like it's very obvious a man has died on this plane. (laughs) Nobody's but everybody's like, oh, yeah, it's my holiday in, you know, wherever the fuck. I can't remember where they were going. Um, But it's the uh, it's the two guys who just stroll casually up to it and look at the face. (laughs) Just like. At this point, you've got to be reconsidering your life choices to yeah. get you where you've gotten. And I wonder at that point whether it's not worth just disappearing. <laughs> like, I wouldn't want to be one of the guys that has to tell Dan Hedaya, like, hey, um, your man's dead and the other guy was not. 
on the plane so i'm gonna go (laughs) (laughs) yeah my phone call would literally be this is what happened by the way i quit (laughs) also you don't remember my name bye (laughs) think of that poor stewardess that found that body oh my god i would have shit myself i I know she went on to be tealer in masters of the universe but still oh mate that's another film that okay that would be my choice for like technically shit but i love it uh have like an unadulterated love for that movie it is very good <laughs> that, that's a future episode <laughs> Honestly. you're definitely coming back on to do masters of the universe yeah don't get me started now because i will not shut up i love that film um the uh the, the the great thing about this next sequence where he sort of gets to the island and it cuts between like um jenny escaping from the room and like running around the sort of dark steamy corridors and like uh bennett looking like the the world's least threatening man like I, <laughs> even i look at him and think i could probably take him like if i tried really hard if i was if i was quick enough <laughs> i could probably take him because <laughs> he looks he looks like a reject from a take that <laughs> video um i love that choice of outfit i, I like I feel like I want to look up why they chose to dress him like that because it is a baffling choice of outfit for like said, the I climbing. Think it was his choice from things I've read. Oh, that is amazing because it looks I mean, like he's, he's so a pair hot. Of nipple clamps, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he just looks so hot and it's so heavy, and then for some reason he's wearing a belt like over <laughs> the chainmail vest that gives him like a weird paunch that he doesn't actually have. Like it's just such a whole like it's just such an aesthetic choice. I love it. Like, it it doesn't make sense how we're supposed to take him seriously as a villain. Do you uh, think we're meant to be surprised when he turns up alive? Because it's painfully obvious he's aware of those guys. Oh, yeah. Before like, I he think, gets blown up. I think we're supposed to, but he, he comes back so early in the movie that it's like, well, that's not it's hardly a revelation, is it? <laughs> um, it's, but it's I do, a bit like Sean Bean down at the beginning of the Golden Age. It's like he's on the posters. <laughs> but his name is right there. We know oh, he's got a boy. Don't get me started on promotional spoilers because I've got such a bee in my bonnet about like the images on Netflix ruining a movie for you <laughs> before you even put it on. Like, come on, think it through. Just use oh, the poster. It's just absolutely infuriating the um the reason that i am entirely convinced that benny is in love with john is because he never stops saying his name every time he sees him john this john that there's a some reason right i don't know why the fact he was willing to do the job for free as well yeah i know it's meant to be like you know i want to fuck you up but it's not ice no he just wants to get close to him again even when they fight it's the way he's like acting when they have that big fight at the end Oh, he's so he's so excited by the prospect of a hand-to-hand fight rather than a gunfight. It is perfect. But like, the, I don't know why this happens. You know how sometimes there are like quotes in movies that just take off and everybody says them all the time, even if they don't really like relate to anything. Yeah. This movie like doesn't really have like a ton of quotable lines, but for some reason, and I don't know why, me and my group of friends have picked up on uh, "How's your arm, John." <laughs> from this and we always say it to each other even if we haven't hurt our arms we're just constantly saying to each other there's the arm john <laughs> i don't know why it's like commando tourettes uh 
and we we once went to me and a couple of mates and the hubby went to the Prince Charles Cinema in London for an Arnie overnight marathon. Nice. And Commando was the first movie that was on. Um, and when we came out, it was so funny when we came out the following morning because everybody was like sleep deprived and delirious and just like quoting bits of films. So all you could hear was people going like, ah, 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 or like, put that cookie down and stuff. <laughs> and then there was just me and our mates going, how's the arm, John? <laughs> See, one of my favourite deliveries is Bill Paxton when he's tracking them on radar. Mm. And just when he, they drop down low enough, it's like, oh, they're gone. Oh, <laughs> it's like so we'll just leave that then <laughs> I, I guess i guess they've left the area legally as they should <laughs> we, we didn't see them turn around on radar but no and they disappeared definitely going in this direction but it's <laughs> yeah oh well oh, i'd forgotten about that that is brilliant yeah you're flying over i always forget waters. bill paxton's in it i always forget it's one of the three films they did together <laughs> well Bill Paxton is one of those actors. There's a few different actors, right, that I like to refer to as the silence, because just like the silence in Doctor Who, when I'm not looking at them, I forget they exist. Uh, Billy Crudup's one of them. Couldn't tell you a single fucking thing he is in, even though I know he's in a lot of big movies. Couldn't tell you what he looks like. Bill Paxton's the same. And you know how a lot of people say they always get Bill Paxton and Bill Pullman mixed up? I don't, because I remember who Bill Pullman is. I can tell you exactly who Bill Pullman is. I'm going to put Bill and the, pre- and the president from Independence Day. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Whereas See, Billy like... up is only because I'm a massive fan of um, Almost Famous. Yeah, my hubby always gets cross at that because I really like that film, but I always forget he's in that. And every time we have this conversation, which is like he's Doctor Manhattan, I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> he just How can you forget his blue willy? <laughs> well, he doesn't look like himself. Come on, you've got to let me off with that one. Because he's a yeah, big CGI I mean, man with a distracting quilly. <laughs> like, God, you can't expect me to be paying attention to his face. Come on now. <laughs> he's, he's the bad guy in Mission Impossible 3, the one that isn't Philip Seymour Hoffman. Is he? Yeah. <laughs> I forgot he was in that too. Oh, he's, no. He's the, he's the agent that gives Tom Cruise the mission in the shop. Oh, <laughs> see i just i just forget he's just like a blank space in my brain and i I don't know why because he's not bad is he but no he's he's really good he's a really good actor (laughs) i I can see why people he's just there's nothing specific about his look kind of thing i don't think he's ever Mm. like i say even in almost famous which is a memorable performance but he just looks like a 70s rock dude yeah (laughs) but but see bill paxton's like popped up in so many films that i loved as a kid so Mm. Yeah, I, I couldn't tell you another film you was in. <laughs> That's really. Bad. You're gonna be like Stacey's in the Masters of the Universe, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> He's He-Man. <laughs> no, see, I know that's Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> I know it is. So, because I've watched it enough times. <laughs> um, hey, back to back to Commando. Um, the the sequence where Arnie gets to the island and starts wreaking absolute havoc is like. Uh, we're missing out the suiting up montage beforehand. Oh yes, of course. <laughs> where we get to stare at some more. Like you know your eleven story. hours are up. You've not really got time for all this tarting around. The thing is, though, he couldn't have got in his little dinghy all strapped up with his stuff because he, I don't know, I don't, I don't know why he couldn't. His on, though. <laughs> he might have got a little bit wet, even though everything in that dinghy <laughs> looks soaking. <laughs> he pulls a rocket launcher out that literally dribbles. <laughs> 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 like it's like that isn't gonna. 
that isn't going to work. But it's fine. It does. It dries out. <laughs> we assume. Um, I love first... how cartoon that fight, that end thing is, oh. where he's just mowing down the same actors over and over again. It's just like... Well, they... The, the bit like where slap, it's sort of... slap a moustache on Keith and send it back out. <laughs> <laughs> the, the bit where it starts with him blowing up like that watch terror and that little shed. I <laughs> love that because it's like there's not too many explosions in this film, but they choose the places that have got those weird sort of like um, corrugated metal like roofs, which <laughs> look spectacular when they blow up because they instantly bust into like a thousand flapping pieces so like that just looks cool as fuck like instantly but i'm like if you you, weren't you supposed to be king of stealth (laughs) i guess he runs out of knives because the amount of people he kills with knives (laughs) (laughs) where is he getting all those knives from it's like he's got endless ammo and endless knives till he needs to start using the gun (laughs) i love as well there are i actually wrote this down in my notes so that i wouldn't forget to say it there's some absolutely like almost cartoon level stunt acting in this, which is just perfect. Where people are like getting hit with a knife and backflipping somehow. <laughs> like, like I don't know. That a grenade goes off nearby and they get like flung into the air and do like a fucking triple twist or whatever. And you're like, what is happening? You could easily so whack good. a Tom and Jerry soundtrack on those scenes and it would not be out of place. No, it's like. It's one of the best, and especially like I say that, like I said earlier, there's that bit where he's sort of in the garden, and there's a couple of like hedges that he hides behind, <laughs> but he somehow mows down like, and I'm not actually exaggerating. It's got to be about twenty, twenty-five guys before they sort of pin him down in the shed. But then he comes out of the shed and he like whaps a circular saw at someone's noggin. He's <laughs> just like, what? I, I love that. That that like. I love those sorts of levels of like, right, I've got to work with whatever's around me. Because that's why I like things like in Shaun of the Dead, where they're like whipping records, zombies and things, because it's very sort of like, um, you know, oh God, what have I got around me? What can I use as a weapon? (laughs) Whereas he's like in this shed that's just full of like nightmare, pointy, (laughs) rusty things. (laughs) But but when he whips that circular saw through the window and takes off a, a portion of a man's head, I was just like, okay, this film's perfect. Like, like nobody can convince me that this film isn't genuinely good. <laughs> there was meant to be a bit where he comes out and he cuts the guy's arm off, where he was then supposed to hit the guy with his own arm and ask him if he needs a hand, but apparently they didn't even bother filming it. That is a bit too much. <laughs> I will, in I will the give him extended that. director's cut, he's still got the arm in his hand for a bit before he just sort of chucks it away. <laughs> There's a wonderful bit as well where he kills somebody who's on a roof who's clearly supposed to fall off it but doesn't quite and has to sort of pull himself off the edge so he can fall down. <laughs> Which I always love when like directors or editors or whoever it is that is in charge of that keep bits like that in. Like, yeah. have you ever seen the film Miami Connection? Once they did a how did this get made on that, and I think I dug it out on Amazon Prime. I absolutely adore that movie, but there is a sequence in that. So, like, the main guy in it is both the director and also like a grandmaster of kung fu, he's brilliant. But there's a sequence in that where he has to sort of like jump into a car, like over the door into like a convertible, and he fails spectacularly at it and like sort of falls over and twats his one leg on the door and like slowly drags it in and he keeps (laughs) it in the movie. Whereas, like, this one I can sort of understand a bit more because it's like, do we have to reset all these people that have just died? 
<laughs> on the roof and in the doorway. Um, We've only got 10 extras for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah, I do love the moustaches as well. There's some spectacular moustaches running around this garden. <laughs> well, I love the fact that his total kill count in this film is 81 people. There's like five of the main bad guys. Oh my god. And then like 80 dudes. <laughs> Oh no! Oh, those put like I'd just give up. I'd just go hide in the shed myself. Like, I would. I'd be the guy who's like, you know, I think we ran out of coffee. I'm gonna go get coffee. Yeah. You guys got this, right? <laughs> I think. I think I just heard the phone. I think it's probably my wife. I've got. I've got. I've got to answer that. She'll be cross. Like, oh, mad. John, how's your aunt, John? Come over and find out. No thanks. I think I'll take a pass. John, stick your head out. One shot, right between the eyes. I'll make it quick, just for old time's sake. Bennett, stop screwing around and let the girl go. It's me that you want. <laughs> I have only one arm. You can beat me. Come on, Bennett. Go away, that chicken shit gun. I just want to pull a trigger. Knife in me and look me in the eye and see what's going on in there when you turn it. That's what you want to do, right? I kill you, John. Come on, let the girl go. It's between you and me. Don't deprive yourself of some pleasure. Come on, Bennett. Let's party. I can beat you. I don't need the girl. I don't need the girl! <laughs> I don't need the gun, John. <laughs> I can beat you. <laughs> I don't need no gun! I'm gonna kill you now! I love Arnold's... Uh, I love how I'm calling him Arnold like he's my best mate. <laughs> uh, he's everyone's best mate. I love Arnie's facial expressions, like, yeah. pretty much at all times. But sometimes when he's shooting, he particularly pulls these faces that are just like... Because... I don't particularly want like super realism in my movies, but I do like it when people actually look like they're in the scene that's happening. Because <laughs> like I think sometimes people are just like using weapons and they're not flinching and they're not, you know, there's no recoil and they're not doing anything with their face that suggests that they're at all bothered with the fact that they've just murdered someone. Whereas Arnie's just got like this look on his face that's like ah, <laughs> like. I'm like, yeah, that's what you'd be like, I think, <laughs> if you were in a murderous rage trying to get your daughter back. Um, I think you'd be in the moment in that sort of way. And I really love that about him because I don't think he's got I don't think he gives two shits what he looks like at all. He's just about making films, which is great. <laughs> it's, it's Dan Hedaya as well. It's like, what are you thinking? You'd just like be like, he's taken out most of my army. I'm going to go fucking hide and regroup. Yeah. Where's my helicopter? Uh, can we have it this instant? No, no, yeah. I'm going to go out like fucking Scarface. Jesus. Oh, absolutely. It's like, to be fair, Bennett, I'd be like, you know, there's no way I can take this guy. I'm just going to be like, you know, no harm, no foul. Sorry. There's a, one, there's a wonderful bit where Bennett, and I think this is why I love Bennett so much, because this whole film is sort of leading up to a Bennett Matrix showdown. And, like, there's no point in this film where Bennett looks even slightly competent enough to take on Matrix and win. But there's a particular bit where he looks so spectacularly daft that I love, where, like, Jenny is, like, 
like bodged this panel out of the um the wood that's been covering the door and she like creeps out of it and he takes a look through and he's like oh bollocks or whatever it is he says and then he jumps through it almost like a cartoon but like falls down and like you can't even manage a fence <laughs> like it's oh, the weird it's bit so... early on after he's gone in when jenny's still in the room and you've got the two guards outside talking about you know killing a child is like could slit in their throats like putting a knife through butter or something mm. it's like well that's a horrible line in this <laughs> it's like that yeah. really took me out of the joy of the fucking movie because i'm kind of like so yeah no <laughs> yeah you don't like to think about the fact that like a lot of those people are there f- you know because they're gonna murder a kid <laughs> like you don't want to actually think about that small part <laughs> it's just bennett sort of thing like you know yeah you're a prick <laughs> it's like, what what has this added to his character it's like these, yeah. your guys think they're so tough. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. it's very. Um, it's and just then the such a horrible that, line, though. It's just the way it's delivered as well. It's like that guy thinks he's in a very different movie. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like those like sort of two lines at the start where it's just like the two sort of jokes at the table. Like to me, it just doesn't belong. Yeah. Like at all in the film, like it just doesn't add anything useful about any of the characters. The, the sandwich if it had come from Bennett, him. then you'd be kind of like, that's adding something to that character. Yeah, because he's Where like... Where Bennett would be like, you know, oh, I love killing kids. It's like, oh. <laughs> well, yeah, because th- th- that's the thing as well. He's got that crazy look in his eyes all the time. Yeah. So you would believe that he'd quite happily, like, <laughs> stab the kid in the head. <laughs> like, he would do it. Uh, he'd have done it already, probably, if it wasn't for Dan Hadea being like, no, we've got to be vaguely honourable in our... That's it. That line crimes. would really work if it was him and Dan Hadea and then Dan Hadea is looking at going like, You're fucking nuts. Like, calm down, mate. Calm <laughs> down. Yeah. It's a, it is a very, very weird line, especially then for it to like sort of cut back to Arnold, just like yeah. blasting through just swathes of men, just swathes of poor. I'm not going to say innocent because they are working for, you know, what looks like a crime lord. Yeah, but you um, know, a job's a job. <laughs> That's Again, there's probably one of them who's like, you know, if I take this job, we can finally pay for Timmy's operation. <laughs> it's like, we're on oh, this no. island. No, guy, the US Army's never going to turn up here. What's the odds that one lone gunman's going to turn up and take us all out? It'll be fine, oh. love. <laughs> well, this is the thing, you see, because, like, I would never want to take on Arnie in a one-on-one situation. But you might think, if there's 75 of you, that you might be all right, but... <laughs> No, I'm here to tell you. I'm afraid not. (laughs) I am afraid not. There are people as well, even, that he's not even really looking at as he shoots and he still gets them. (laughs) Like where they're they're sort of seeing him from the bottom of the corridor and they're like, oh, shit, get their rifle out, try and do a shoot at him. He just like vaguely spins around with a machine gun and they're like, well, they're dead. (laughs) It's a lot like when we had the... Wii Sports on the Wii Fit, and I used to like try and properly bowl, and my wife would just sit on the sofa and flick her wrist and get a strike. Like, For fuck's sake! Yeah, I tried to properly bowl once and smashed a friend's light fitting, so I stopped yes. playing it properly. Then <laughs> I made my elbow pop in a way that it did not set right for us. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! We definitely wouldn't stand a chance against Arnie. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I would very much be the we're we're out of milk. I'm going to go get milk. Yeah. You don't even drink milk. Like gonna... but, you know, I'm thinking of you guys. Oh, do you know what? I feel a bit dehydrated. I think I'm just going to go and have a dip in the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> just swim away. <laughs> um, Like the sequence 
that I think is probably one of the best in this film is the bit where Bennett is chasing Jenny in the creepy yeah. sort of steamy basementy thing because it's actually genuinely scary because he does look like he will murder her when he catches her. It's, it's <laughs> um, like a bit from Nightmare on Elm Street. And <laughs> yeah, and he's just like brandishing this knife like, oh, Jenny. <laughs> um, and of course, like Arnie turns up and sort of just this weird bartering thing where his idea is like let's just put the kid to one side right let's just have us a good clean one-on-one wrestle <laughs> then it's like yes please um which again i mean i don't care how army trained you are even arnold with an injured arm no <laughs> like absolutely do not put your gun down just shoot the man just shoot him just shoot him then and there <laughs> like it's fine but no they decide to have like a little grapple um and i absolutely love bennett's energy throughout this and there's some brilliant like awful faces as they're like both trying to push each other's heads into like a furnace yes. <laughs> like it's it's proper like and the kid and Alyssa milano's just there watching the whole thing like oh, dad. <laughs> like, that kid is traumatized for life <laughs> um like that whole sequence is is brilliant um and the the idea of bennett dying because arnie throws a pipe through his stomach and tells him to let off some steam it's just just the perfect cherry on top of this absolute like nonsense fest movie perfect that's it because you don't get action movies like this anymore i mean the closest we probably get now for sheer ridiculous actionness is the fast and the furious films yeah but they're too carry for me see my problem with them is that i don't think vin diesel knows he's in a ridiculous movie (laughs) (laughs) yeah i I think the rock knew he was in a ridiculous franchise and therefore had fun with it whereas vin diesel is great because there's no vin diesel in it (laughs) um i really like hobson shaw there's a great again it's about half hour too long but (laughs) Yeah, there's a great bit when Bennett and Arnie are fighting and Bennett like says something about how he's getting old. Oh, you're getting old now, John. And I'm like, is he though? Because look at him. He's <laughs> rippling all over the place with just muscles I didn't even know existed. <laughs> like, he's been shot about 37 times and I think stabbed a couple of times and he's still whooping your ass. <laughs> like, imagine looking like Bennett and telling Arnie he was a state... <laughs> like who wrote that into the script it's really funny though it's really funny the one bit i didn't like about that sequence though is when arnie threatens to lot i'm not gonna i'm not gonna shoot you between the eyes i'm gonna shoot you between the balls because i'm like although that sounds more painful and threatening it would it, it might not kill him though so it's kind of daft and just a bit mean really <laughs> but i yeah, suppose I, it did I, threaten I to kill you without medical you probably would bleed out of quite slowly and painfully so yeah the whole thing's doing Denver when you're dead thing he doesn't just kill him he shoots him up the ass and lets him bleed out to death oh delightful (laughs) (laughs) what a lovely murder (laughs) i like it the end where the helicopters are coming in and then you've just got the plane following (laughs) and then you've just got arnie walking out not giving half of a shit about anybody there and he's just like look i'm going back to my house in the mountains and apparently i'm now with cindy i guess (laughs) we're gonna make a life for ourselves with deer and pine trees and leave me the fuck alone and and vanilla ice cream (laughs) 
mush nose. Oh, I love I love the little ice cream sharing scene because it would make so much more sense if they just made one of the ice creams a different flavour. But or why is he going? Or something. Yeah, why is he going to have a little try of hers so that she can bop it up his nose when he's eating the exact same thing? Baffling. I love it. There's something but, weirdly sinister about the uh, till the next timeline. It's like surely you want this guy to just uh, be happy. <laughs> I get you want well, him back, but at the thing. same time, it sounds it's like they're like, up a sequel where he's going to fuck his life up. Yeah, well, this is the thing, because it is vaguely threatening. You just think, well, how many other people are going to come after Arnie after this? Because if I heard even a whiff of this news, I'd be like, well, any plans that I had to do a murder on this guy are no longer in play because I don't want a bar of this because I'll die. I'll definitely <laughs> die. And I don't want to die. I quite like being alive, even though. Well, it... it's funny. Dan had had quite a nice setup there. He had a nice house. Yeah. The garden what, was lovely. What, why did he want that president dead? <laughs> what was he the... wanted to become the president himself. OK. Oh, that's definitely the way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> why do you want that hassle, though? You look pretty wanna... set in that house. Yeah, it doesn't seem like a great so idea. You can live like a president without the bullshit paperwork. <laughs> I do like the fact that um, after that sort of sequel setup line comes in, Arnie's just like, nope, <laughs> gets in the plane. And then that amazing song by the power station kicks in. Yeah. Um, which is, again, like one of my favourite things about these sorts of 80s movies. The, um, the Running Man has a great one as well. Uh, that kicks oh, the in Running Man the one's great. No pay, no gain. Oh, it's a tune. <laughs> but, like, it's just the rest of the film has not had any music like this in it at all. Like, it's all been, like, pretty much all been score. And then this just kicks in. He's, like, getting in a plane and it's, like, what is it? We fight for love or something. Yeah. And it's just, like, this, like, power, you know, rock ballad thing. And you're just, like, yes. <laughs> the plane they flies. They've got in the final shot. It's, it's the general and then it's the plane flying away. You would have thought they'd have got one last shot in of Arnie, given that it is an Arnie film. I do like I do like it finishing on the plane flying away. though. I, think I do. I think cool. they should have just had one more shot, maybe edited it so that it's Arnie shutting the thing down and then the plane flying away. Maybe, yeah. Just... Honest, they were like, you know, we really want this general to stick in your mind. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I wonder if that, like, because I don't know how this film was sort of like taken critically at the time that it, came out um so i don't know if there was like ever the a snifter of a chance of a sequel i'm quite glad they didn't do it because i think as a standalone movie this one's really really good um, yeah well i mean that was going to be my last question about sequels because i think they did want to do a sequel mm. but i think for whatever reason it didn't happen and then um mark l lester apparently from a thing i read was on a plane with the head of fox or a guy who was high up in fox and he was begging him to sell him the rights to Commando so that he could make a sequel. And the guy asked him why he wanted that for that thing in particular. He was like, go on the internet. People love it. People are crying out for this film. And then I think about a week or two later, Fox Green lit a uh, reboot. Oh, no. Which fortunately never happened. But I do like the thing. It's like, this guy really wants this film. It's like, should we let him have it? It's like, no, oh, fuck him. Let's make it ourselves. <laughs> Yeah, like it was going to be a remake and then they wanted to do a sequel reboot thing. And I think Arnie's still trying to get one made now. I just kind of think yeah. that the time's passed. I don't know, because I mean, I do think nearly everybody I speak to of sort of roughly around my age absolutely loves it. So I think there's definitely like a market there. But I think they'd have to just be really 
it's difficult with like remakes and sequels and stuff at the moment because it's it's hard to strike that balance between being a good movie or just being like oh do you remember commando yeah <laughs> like it's, um, a, it's being your own movie and being nostalgia porn isn't it <laughs> yeah yeah because i think like i had this discussion the other day um with somebody on my own podcast where we were talking about Spider-Man No Way Home and we were saying that that movie to me, not spoiling it, but that movie strikes a very good balance between fan service but actually pushing forward a plot. Whereas, um, like, say, Rise of Skywalker felt to me like, oh, do you remember Star? Do you remember Palpatine? Do you remember? Like, yes, I do remember. I wanted a different movie that I can just watch a new one whenever I want, lads. (laughs) Come on now. Um, I'm gonna get a load of Star Wars haters coming coming at me now because I liked the Last Jedi. <laughs> See, I like the Last Jedi, just not as the middle part of a <laughs> trilogy. I feel I like they just should have had the same person behind all three of those films so that they made cohesive sense. Yeah. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, oh, it, you know, at least to begin in middle and end, not so that the guy then has to come back in and be like, "Fuck, right, I've got to sweep this up somehow." And... <laughs> I've got such a crush on Adam Driver with his top off with really high-waisted trousers, though. Just specifically that, not so much Adam Driver generally. <laughs> Although Adam Driver in the Burberry advert where he runs around with a horse and then possibly mates with it in the ocean. That's pretty good. Um, the Adam Driver horse whacker advert. <laughs> have you seen it? It's so erotic. <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? I'm, it's one of those adverts I'm like the fuck are we even selling well uh, yeah exactly i mean i find perfume adverts insane anyway because you can't smell them and perfumes smell different on each person based on their own you know body scents and stuff so like the idea of selling a perfume is baffling to me on the tv but then to sell it by being like oh here's adam driver in the sea with an os there you go there's adverts like that that will like you start rumors that he fucks horses yeah yeah uh, I didn't say it. I just said I enjoyed the advert. Just yes. thought I'd put that out there before anybody tries to do me a sue. <laughs> Should talk about Commando. <laughs> yeah, let's not do perfume adverts. Otherwise, we'll slip onto that Natalie Portman one. What the fuck is that advert? I don't know, but she's very pretty in it. She is, but at the same time, she then does that screw up manic pixie dream girl face thing hmm. that just takes me right back to Garden State with the yeah, yeah, it's like ah. Like, who thought that was an endearing scene? I feel like I like that film, but I've only seen it once and I don't really want to ever watch it again. So. Yeah, I can't. We had a conversation about it on a previous podcast. So I just can't bring myself to go back to it because I remember really liking it in the cinema and liking it when I bought it on DVD. But mm. I've never been able to go back to it because I just know it's going to be early 2000s indie just horror. <laughs> <laughs> just everything I now hate about people. Yeah, yeah I think just, the same personified in a mopey Zach Braff. Ah, yeah, Zach Braff. Mm. (laughs) The less said about that, the better. (laughs) (laughs) But but no, I I think we've... uh, Anything else you want to add on? Uh, Just that I'm like a proper slut for Commando. I love this film. I really really love it. That's got a business card. If ever you get business cards... (laughs) I'm a proper slut for Commando. Like, well, in any introduction, you'd have that. It's like, you know, podcaster, <laughs> da, 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 slut for Commando. <laughs> I'm going to get it cross-stitched and put up on my wall. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just, because the thing about Commando, Roy, is that I don't think it's, I don't think people give it enough credit for being a 
actually genuinely good because it is I don't think it's one of those movies that you can say oh it's shit but you'll enjoy it because it's not shit everything about it is like it's fast paced it doesn't mess around it's not flabby it doesn't waste any time everybody in it is pretty good um you know nobody's like badly cast or like you know being a disaster on the screen or whatever like everything's pretty good all the effects are pretty good Arnie's running around you know chopping wood and lifting up phone boxes i don't know what more you want from a film <laughs> i think if anything it suffers from what came after if you were mm. going back to the to that film after you know having had a steady diet of other action movies because it is one of the really early yeah. examples of what became those great 80s and 90s action movies it's i all... still think it's the best one <laughs> Well, I mean, The Running Man is my is my ultimate favourite, especially Arnie-wise. Um, but I think that's possibly because it's got like a real heavy wrestling kind of bent, and I do like my wrestling, so that help that definitely helps. Yeah. Um, as, as also along with that sort of like dystopian. I actually read The Running Man story recently, and it is nothing like that movie. Who <laughs> <laughs> baby? So different. So completely different. Um, I'd be into, I think The Running Man would be the one film that I'd be quite interested in seeing a new version of if it was closer to the book because I could still then enjoy the Arnie version because the Arnie version really the only similarities are that the character is called Ben Richards <laughs> yeah and he goes on a show called The Running Man but the show is different the setup is different the reason he goes on the show is different like everything about it is so different um, I suppose the danger though is it'd be like the Total Recall remake or readaptation. Because mm. well, people I, will just be like, well, it's nothing like the Arnie film. So yeah, but it was yeah. never meant to be. <laughs> well, the, the Arnie film is nothing like the source material. So no. I suppose, yeah. The um, there was a rumor last year that Edgar Wright was going to be doing a more faithful adaptation of The Running Man, and I'd be very interested in that. Um, but he's not mentioned it. Well, he's not mentioned it himself anywhere ever. So. Yeah. I don't know how much of a thing that actually is. Um, like I said, I think even if you did a faithful adaptation, I think the, the Arnie one is so cemented in people's heads. Again, it's the Total Recall thing. Yeah. People just like, total compare recall, it to the Arnie one rather than... I haven't seen the new Total Recall, but I, I don't want to purely because there's a scene in the, in the Arnie Total Recall that I think is one of the most perfectly stupid bits of a film that I absolutely love, um, which is when there's... <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> Arnie's character Quaid gets uh, hold of this like technology that can sort of like project a clone somewhere else <laughs> to like distract people so he does that the once and then at one point a bit later he pops out from behind a pillar and with absolutely zero comedic timing goes you think this is the real Quaid it is and then just starts shooting people <laughs> and it's like the worst delivery of anything ever but it's so utterly tone perfect for the film i really like total recall as well i think i'm just a bit of a slut for arnie if i'm honest see i've got a soft spot <laughs> for all those films because like i say much like commander as well they're the perfect saturday night movies they used to yeah. be the ones that would be on itv yeah like they probably weren't on as often as i think they were in my head <laughs> but i just always remember one of those films being on or like the alien movies being on mm. and that I being your saturday night and being horribly inappropriate for the, a child of my age to be watching <laughs> But it was yeah. it was the era where you watched what your parents watched or you didn't watch anything. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was the thing. I think I feel like, especially because of living with my granddad, like I was raised on like Arnie, um, Stallone, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Like, 
like just all of the sort of you know action fighty movies um although he did like the like one of the only films that i wouldn't call an out and out action movie that my granddad did appreciate was willow and so i've got a real soft spot for willow as well yeah um that's a film but, i've not watched for a long time because i can't bring myself to go back to it i'm scared i feel like it's probably racist <laughs> <laughs> like i don't know i'm frightened to watch it maybe i'll watch it one day uh again but... i even remember collecting the things from the cereal packets for willow as well oh wow when I when my sister got pregnant because I am scared of children and pregnancy and therefore will never have my own children but I've got a thing about wanting to name everybody else's I kept trying to get my sister to call her first kid Elora but she wouldn't she just thought it was rude that's yeah it's not on (laughs) gone so far off topic I'm sorry (laughs) it's all on topic because it's this this whole little summer specials thing we're doing is a action movies so and there were so many that i had such a long list that i had to whittle down and then sort of get people to send the list out to people and be like do you fancy any of these movies <laughs> oh yeah for me it's like instantly he's commando on there i'll do it <laughs> yeah. i'll do it and so many people suggesting films i specifically said weren't on there for a reason <laughs> <laughs> oh well i'm quite happy to have waffled about commando for a really long time no, it's also I really enjoyed rewatching it as well. I love the fact it's on Disney Plus as well, so it's just there Me whenever too. I fancy it. I don't have to even make the effort of popping the Blu-ray in anymore. Not to like entirely date when we recorded this, because I imagine it's not going to come out for a while since this is a summer special. But I watched it on Easter Sunday, and it was the perfect time because I was drunk on egg. <laughs> I watched eaten... it the night before when my wife was sat next to me doing the Easter egg hunt clues, and occasionally oh. asked me, and I was like, I've got to pause this film so I can come up with a clue. And I can go and... <laughs> Oh, and no, she's see, not a big always... action movie person she was like what the fuck is this film? <laughs> I I like, it's eaten... a masterpiece is what this film is it is i'd eaten too much roast dinner and then still eaten half an easter egg after that and then i popped it on and i was very full and it felt kind of like you know on christmas day when you've eaten too much and you yeah. sit down and you watch like a wizard of oz or something whatever you watch at christmas uh it felt like that but like yeah it was it was the perfect time to watch it because i was like I still haven't got work tomorrow, so I'm not in that like horrible Sunday mood. <laughs> I'm just content and full and enjoying myself. That's it. That's, like I say, it's, it's the perfect Saturday evening movie. So a bank holiday Sunday, which just feels like Saturday number two. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Absolutely perfect. Let off some steam, Bennett. Well, cheers for doing this. Um, sort of anything you want to plug or where people can find you online or check out the podcast that sort of thing yeah well if you enjoyed these inane wafflings um i have a monthly podcast called stacy's pop culture parlor in which myself and uh, a different guest each time talk about anything that we've been watching reading playing of late and you can find that at popcultureparlor.podbean.com or by searching Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour at your podcatcher of choice. Um, and you can follow me on Twitter at Stacey's Parlour. And that's Stacey that has an E in it and Parlour that has a U in it because this happens so much. I've got a name that everyone misspells and a word that Americans don't put a U in in my name. So that's really unhelpful. Um, yeah. Sorry, I've got a surname that even my own family spell out to me whenever they give me their email addresses. My <laughs> uncle gave me his email address and then spelled out his surname, which is exactly the same as mine. Brilliant. 
for it did he forget that you shared the same surname or i think it's just a force of habit because we mm. instantly go for it. even my wife does it now where she's like yes yeah, maureen that's m-u-l-r-a <laughs> but like i love when people accidentally misspell my name and um i was at a starbucks once and she said what's your name and i said stacy and she wrote s-t-a-y-s-y which i've never seen before in my life what a brilliant misspelling <laughs> s-t-a-y-s-y perfect um, might start going by that but no it's stacy s-t-a-c-e-y <laughs> parlor <laughs> awesome well i'll put all the links in the show notes as well so people can does anybody ever actually go to the show notes i've always wondered do you know what once i told a friend because he was complaining at me about the fact that um he couldn't find my fundraising link for a fundraiser I was doing a while back. And I was like, it was in the show notes of my podcast for a good eight episodes in a row. And he was like, Oh, I don't look at those. <laughs> Thanks. Cool. <laughs> I've always been curious because I, I make sure I do it every time. Cause you know, it's the least you can do when somebody's decent enough to come onto your podcast <laughs> at the same time. Anybody actually, cause there's a couple of times where I've like put the IMDB link for the film and then realise I've not actually changed it from the previous episode. <laughs> i'm almost convinced that i am uh like a like a podcast curse because um every time i go on another person's show i'm like oh i wonder if anybody will download my podcast afterwards and i see absolutely zero bumping numbers so i'm like oh am i just the world's most irritating woman (laughs) no i have the same as well but you think you'll go on this one that's got really high listening figures and at least bump me up a couple so no Yeah, not a single download. Cool, 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 but, cool. But then I'm also guilty of doing it as well. It's like, oh, I found that person quite interesting. I've got no fucking interest in listening to them. <laughs> <laughs> so I like listening to them talk about the thing I liked. I might check yeah. out and see whether they actually talk about it elsewhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, see, my podcast is too waffly. I'm not selling it well here, am I? It's just because I just talk about anything and everything and I get very excited. <laughs> Uh, sometimes ranty because some films are in fact shit but you know i try not to be too negative yeah i'm, I'm the same but sometimes once you get the ball well, you get rolling. Bit, yeah if you get a bee in your bonnet you've got to you've got to free that bee i very much if people like a film and i don't then i'm really happy for them that they got something out of it that i didn't but oh yeah absolutely i like, just don't I'm... like when they turn on me because i didn't like it I honestly sometimes when people attack me for not liking a film that they liked I'm like listen to me I wish I liked it do you think I wanted to have spent two hours watching something only to not enjoy it of course not (laughs) I wish I liked this movie I'm very glad you did but unfortunately it wasn't for me cough the Batman cough I've just not seen it yet I'm waiting for the DVD I thought about going to the cinema I was like it's like three hours of my life watch the film plus it's on, time it's getting there now, isn't it? yeah i'm not paying 16 quid for it though i'd rather buy oh, the fair, play. <laughs> fair play <laughs> so for a quid, if i wait a month for a quid less i can get the blu-ray at least then yeah, I, if i do sense. enjoy it i've got it and i can keep it so. <laughs> and if not you can sell it <laughs> exactly so. <laughs> well on that bombshell <laughs> cheers again for coming on and doing this and uh, oh thanks for having me it's been very much fun at least one of you listening just you know, do a download. Let's bump one number up. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get the podcast bump. Woo! <laughs> I want to see that tweet. It's like, I went on this podcast and I got one extra listener. <laughs> <laughs> what I want you to do, though, is tweet at me to tell me that it was because of this show, though, because otherwise it might just be one of the tens of downloads I get every day. <laughs> just in case it's get, not, though. I just want to. I don't get tens. <laughs> uh.
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> I stopped looking at the numbers after a while. I must. Yeah, I don't care really. I don't I just don't. like talking. It's the thing. I don't really care if anybody listens. It's nice if they do, but like, I just love talking to like-minded nerdy folk about nerdy things. What I like. This is it. Uh, the podcast is more of an excuse for me to talk to people about films I like, or just have a rant about shit on it. It's like me and my friends set up a podcast just so we had an excuse to have a chat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty much where I'm at. Yeah, it's just like. <laughs> Otherwise, I will never organise to see my friends. So. No, that's it. It's far too easy just to get into that rick from there, just sitting at home watching shit telly. Yeah, absolutely. And there's so much of that about these days. Oh, yeah, if you like quiz shows, you're fucking set. Oh, mate, have you ever watched Bridge of Lies? Yes. Don't get started on Bridge of Lies. Why is it so trash and yet I can't stop watching it? <laughs> it's because every whenever you think, I'm going to turn this off, they're like, our next round is James Bond theme. So you're like, fuck, I'm back. <laughs> All right, you've reeled me back in. <laughs> it's like tipping point. If that's on, it's like I gotta wait till they get to the film question. Oh yeah, I can't. I can't watch tipping point, and I can't watch lightning either because I just can't get over that sparkly blue blazer every day. Like somebody put a bit more budget into that sad school blazer. <laughs> My thing with tipping point is just Ben Shepherd mansplaining the machine to people. It's like then there's been like thousands of episodes of this program by this point. We fucking get yeah, it. We get it. And stop telling me I might get a bit of lateral. It's like there's no chance. It dropped in the wrong fucking drop zone. <laughs> Will this podcast ever end? <laughs> no, I reckon. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think we're scraping the barrel now. We're we, we are episode. a little bit. Look, just just follow me on Twitter so I feel validated. <laughs> Listen to one episode of my podcast, even if you just like put it on with the sound down. I don't care. <laughs> so I just want the numbers. No, I don't. I don't even really care about the numbers. I just like no, the I idea don't. of people hearing me waffle. <laughs> <laughs> A guy I worked with listened to one, and then he was like, "I heard your podcast," and I was like, "Okay, sorry." <laughs> he was like, I don't tell people at work about it. So I'm like, no. <laughs> I don't because I just don't want that. Because you know, it's like. 40 year old white guy who's got a podcast who fucking hasn't at this stage well for me it's more because like people at work think i'm sort of va- a vaguely sensible human being uh, but then you put on my podcast and like the first word is like the sea bomb or something and i'm just like ranting about a batman or whatever it's like no nobody needs to know that that's what i'm like really <laughs> now, see i made the mistake of befriending people from work on facebook so they occasionally see the oh, beat no, between my boss was like what's your podcast about I was like, so i'm just me and my mate talking shit nothing <laughs> it's crap you don't want to listen <laughs> oh i sell that to people anyway like when i go, when i go to conventions and people are like oh what's your podcast about i'm like oh it's about movies and so, do you know what you probably won't like don't worry about it <laughs> i'm the world's worst uh, i, I can't do self-promotion at all no i don't like to i just sort of like sprinkle business cards around <laughs> I hope one of them gets picked. Take up. this. Don't ask me any questions. <laughs> no follow-ups. Thank you. <laughs> I'm gone in like a puff of cartoon smoke. <laughs> awesome. And on that note. <laughs> <laughs> We're really going this time. <laughs> See ya. Thank you for having me. Bye, everyone. Thank, thank you for coming on. See ya. Leave anything for us? Just bodies. I'd just like you to start off your unit again, John. All it would take is you're coming back. This was the last time. 
next time. No chance. I'd like to thank Stacy for joining me on this episode to talk about the film. Be sure to check out Stacy's Pop Culture Parlour podcast wherever you get your podcasts or by checking the links in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode and be bothered to do so, please give the episode a share and tell your friends about it. And why not give the series a follow or a subscribe over on Acast or wherever you listen to the episodes. Or don't, it's up to you. If you've missed any of the Summer of Action special episodes so far, or any and why not episodes, you can find them on our podcast channel over on Acast or on our website at wantednerds.com. Join us back here next week when I shall be joined by Rob O'Connor to discuss Taffin. But until then, this has been a Nerds Who Haunted Themselves production and I've been Stuart Moraine. Thanks for listening and remember, just because you're funny doesn't guarantee you'll kill your last. Bye for now. I'll be back. You're not